I'm Kelly Burrell, and you're listening to When Sleeping Women Wake. This is the podcast for women who are tired of being stuck in stress and pain and are ready to wake up and rediscover the joy and magic in their lives so they can become who they are meant to become. Hiya, friends. This is episode number one, my number one secret for finding joy and magic in your life again. Today, I'm excited to share with you the secret of why you might be like the volcano woman in the movie Moana, who was trapped in an angry, destructive place, and how to free yourself like Moana freed her and reminded her who she really was, a woman filled with light, peace, and joy. So let me explain. For the first 14 years of my marriage, it seemed like everything that could go wrong did. My husband is in construction management, which can be a pretty volatile profession, and he was laid off several times for many months at a time. We had four little kids, and money was so tight that we never had enough for all our needs. Either I could pay most, but never all, of the bills, and have virtually no money left over for food and gas and basic household necessities, or I could hold money back for those things and get further behind on our bills. And two of our kids had quite a few health challenges and had have had to see doctors and specialists regularly, as well as having multiple surgeries apiece. And my oldest son has autism and suffers from seizures that have required numerous emergency room visits. And he would freak out every time we went. Now, his autism has also caused massive behavioral issues that it became even more apparent as he got older. Now, the summer he started into puberty, he became extremely violent and angry and started to attack me and his siblings multiple times a day. In an effort to protect my younger kids, I took the brunt of his anger and he hurt me several times. I kept trying to deal with it myself because I knew that he couldn't control the outbursts. But because of that, I didn't actually have any hope that things would get any better. Because if you can't control something, how can you fix it? Anyway, I thought that maybe I could somehow predict what would cause his explosions and then rig the situation so that nothing would set him off. And then maybe he'd stop exploding and hurting me. But it didn't work. And unfortunately, my husband had emotionally checked out, which meant that he was frequently unable to handle the stress of everything that was going on. So the weight of it all fell on me. Now, I got really good at desperately and quietly toughing through it all. And putting a smile on my face whenever whenever anyone asked how I was doing. You know that, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Watch out, folks. There's probably a lot of pain underneath that fine. Anyway, I figured if I could look like I was holding it all together, then maybe I actually could hold it all together. Anyway, all this strain took a toll on me. I found myself struggling to go to sleep at night. And my mind would go into overdrive as soon as my head hit the pillow. And then I'd find myself lying awake several times during the night so that by the time morning came, I actually felt more tired than when I'd gone to bed. And I got really angry with my kids all the time. I remember mentally standing back one day when I was yelling at them and thinking, wait, wait, this is not how I imagined myself as a mom. What is going on here and why can't I stop? But I didn't know how. I eventually got so numb from all the pain that I couldn't really feel it anymore. I just put my head down kind of like a bull and charged my way through my day, desperately wishing and hoping that something, anything, anything could be different, but losing hope that anything would ever change. The problem is that you can't numb out pain without also numbing joy. And so I lost the ability to feel joy and happiness and magic in my life. 
What I wanted more than anything else was relief from the pain. I wanted the financial problems to go away. I wanted the stress to go away. I wanted to feel happy again and to let my kids know how much I loved them. I wanted my husband to re-engage so that I didn't have to be a married single mom anymore. I wanted everything to get better, but instead things got worse. I remember the day that I was told by the director of the mental health facility that we were trying to get some help from that I needed to create a tight structure for my son over the summer, that that was the only way that we could have success with him. I wanted to cry when she told me that. It was so far beyond my capacity to do. I was so exhausted from everything that was already going on, and I knew that I couldn't give him what he needed because I had three other kids who also needed me. And his needs were already taking every ounce of energy that I had. I was terrified of a repeat of the previous summer. I was freaking out because I knew that my reserves were drained dry and that I had nothing left to give. How could I possibly do this? I wasn't Wonder Woman, though I desperately wished that I was. We had no money, so I couldn't pay someone to help me. We were still struggling to put food on the table, let alone keep shoes and clothes on our kids, so I didn't know what to do. I became so depressed and desperate that my sister decided to come to the rescue. She jumped in her car with her three kids and drove all halfway, almost halfway across the country to pick up my three youngest kids and take them home with her for the summer. And honestly, that was the first time that they got to experience life in a, quote, normal family, something that they had never experienced before. Because in our home, we were always either on the edge of crisis or fully in crisis. They didn't know what it was like to not be. Anyway, it was exactly, not only was it a blessing for them, but it was exactly what I needed to be able to unwind a little and to focus on my oldest son's needs. I remember I got him into a summer school program with the school district, and for a few hours a day, for the first time in years, the house was quiet, and I had time to relax and to take care of myself a little bit and to focus on my own needs. And I began to realize that self-care is not optional. It's not this nice thing that you only do if you have the time. Self-care is crucial If you don't have anything in your bucket, you have nothing left to give anyone else. And it's a fallacy when people say, well, self-care is selfish. No, it's not. Because in order to give anything, you have to have something to give. Anyway, I knew, though, that as soon as things got back to normal, we'd be right back where we started from. And so I began to pray for help and search for something to help us cope while moving forward. So that's when a friend whom I hadn't seen in years showed up unexpectedly at my door with a bag full of essential oils. Now, I'd smelled oils before, and I was pretty sure I didn't like them. I thought that lavender smelled dirty, and I wasn't interested in in learning much about them at all because I thought all of them were like that. Yuck. Boy, howdy was I wrong. When she sat down at my dining room table and opened her bag of oils, I was hit with the most amazing aroma. I could smell oranges and cinnamon and peppermint and lots of other things that I couldn't identify. She told me a few things about the oils, but I honestly don't remember anything she said because I was so intrigued with opening all the bottles and smelling them. Guys, I was like a kid in the candy store trying to try everything. Um, She thrilled me when she told me that she was going to leave her bag with me overnight, along with a book that would tell me how to use them. Um, Because I'll tell you what, folks, essential oils are not intuitive. You don't look at a bottle of lavender and say, I'm going to use it for this, 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 and this. So anyway, after she left, I went crazy. I looked up lots of different issues in her book, and I used um, all the oils that it said to use. I'm sure I smelled very, very interesting after putting 15 to 20 plus oils on my body all at once. 
Um, and I was really sad the next day when she came back to pick up her oils. But I knew without a doubt that I needed to get some into my home stat as fast as I possibly could. But the problem was that I still didn't have any money. So I started brainstorming what I could do and I came up with a solution. Um, my friend had told me that if I hosted a class, I would get a percentage of the sales back in a check. So I invited a few friends over to my house, um, actually five to be exact, and invited my friend back over and I had her teach a class. And everyone at that class was so intrigued with the oils that they ordered kits for themselves and I was able to pay for my own kit. Oh my goodness. When those oils came in the mail, it was like Christmas. I was so excited. I put them all in a little box and I started carrying them around with me all the time. I mean, all the time. I was obsessed. When I went upstairs, my book and my little box of oils went with me. And when I went downstairs, my book and my little box of oils went with me. I just, I, they were everywhere. And I started trying oils on everything that I could think of. Did one of my kids fall and scrape a knee? Awesome. I had an oil for that. Was somebody having belly issues? Fantastic. I had an oil for that too. Was my husband having trouble breathing because the pollen count was high? Well, I had an oil for that too, but he actually refused to use it. For quite a while, he actually called these my crazy voodoo oils. That is until he had his own experience. Now, one week, uh, one evening, a few weeks after I'd gotten my oils, he and I were sitting in our hammock in the backyard enjoying a peaceful summer evening when the rope broke and he went crashing down onto his tailbone. Now, he'd had a bad back for years and it immediately started to spasm all the way up his back. And his first reaction was to go straight to the medicine cabinet for something to dull the pain. But I begged him to let me put essential oils on him instead. And he reluctantly agreed. I rubbed them all over his back and we went to bed. And the next morning he woke up and wasn't even sore. Now that I think about it, I'm pretty sure that's when he stopped calling them voodoo oils. For myself, I looked up sleep in my book and read about several oils that were supposed to help with that. And I started using them every night before bed. Actually, for the first two years that I had my oils, I think I missed three nights total. And it's because I started to notice three things. Number one, the chatter in my head stopped and I started falling asleep faster at night. And number two, I slept deeper and woke up feeling rested for the first time in as long as I could remember. And third, number three, I noticed that I was calmer the next day, so I was better able to handle the stress of my life. Now, a few months later, as the stress and strain started to dissipate, I found that I wasn't having to muscle my way through every day like I was before. I was learning how to be happy again. I stopped yelling at my kids all the time, and I stopped being numb to everything and started to feel all of my emotions again. And it's been... Sorry, folks. Um, it's been six years since I was introduced to oils, and I still have plenty of stressful things in my life. The oils don't stop the stressful things. Life happens, folks. Bad things, stressful things, they happen. But now I have the tools and the know-how to deal with them effectively, and I feel like that's something every woman needs. She needs the tools and the know-how to handle life and the emotions it brings up effectively. Now, one of my favorite quotes is, when sleeping women wake, mountains move. I imagine it kind of like what happens in the movie Moana. At the beginning of the movie, Maui steals the heart of the earth goddess Tefiti. Without her heart, she becomes Teka, the goddess of destruction. And without her healing and life-giving influence that coming from her heart, the whole region starts to fall under a blight that destroys the crops and makes it so the fishermen can't catch any fish. It actually starts to um, um, kill the islands. 
and Moana learns that the only way to heal her island is to persuade Maui to return Tafiti's heart. The problem is that when they get there, Teka is a raging volcano woman who tries to destroy everything and everyone in her path. It's because she's forgotten who she really is. But when Moana returns her heart, she suddenly remembers. And instead of being that angry goddess of destruction that she was for so long, she becomes the goddess of life and renewal again. And that's what I see when I hear that proverb. Now, we as women can make a huge impact on our families and our communities and the world around us. But we cannot do it when we are so blighted and tied down by stress and pain that we can't lift our heads to see the joy around us. So that is my goal, to give women the tools and know-how to handle tough emotions effectively so that we can free ourselves from the pain of merely surviving and feel the joy and magic in our lives again so that we can become who we are meant to become. Thank you so much for joining me. I look forward to seeing you in the next podcast, and I hope that you have a truly wonderful day. Bye.